Well, good morning, everyone. I am honored and humbled to be here again today, and I think the last time I was here was during Christmas, and I was just had a blast sharing a word with you. But just to kind of bring you up to speed uh, as to what God has been doing in my life and how I got involved in Trek, as most of you know, and, and several of you here have been through the Life Skills program. How many are, are Life Skills graduates in here? Wow. <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome. You know, and uh, when God took me on that journey of Freedom Life Skills, it was something that really, uh, I can honestly say, going through Freedom Life Skills not only made me a better husband, a better father. In fact, my daughter at the time would remind me that I need to take some of those classes again. Um, it's, God gives us our kids to keep us humble, doesn't he? But, um, but you know, one of the things that really helped me, I mean, I thought I had it figured out. I thought I just had life figured out. I knew the word. I'd studied the word. I'd worked my way into a, a Ph.D. in theology. So I had a lot of knowledge of the word of God and, and its application. But yet I found myself continuing to react to certain things that, that seemed to be trivia, but it would just trigger me. And, I, and it just didn't make any sense. And I just got so frustrated that I just, uh, I, I, sometimes I felt like I let God down. I just wasn't measuring up. You know, and, and, and then I realized that, you know, I have grace. God gives me grace, and he gives me these, and he brings things in my life to help me in my journey to be the person he created me to be. And so I got involved in life skills, and it radically impacted my life And that it helped me not only understand me, but it also helped me to understand my wife, my children, and, and, just, and the people that I interacted with. It just made me a better pastor, a better minister. So, and then unfortunately, they, they ran out of money. I got laid off from life skills. I oversaw Manitowoc, Sheboygan, Ozaki County. So I was in Ozaki County quite a bit. And we, we actually, in four years, we ran 50 classes. We put over, and these classes are, are seven months long. So I, in my region alone, we did over 50 classes, and over 500 people went through the program. And including in Ozaki County, we put several inmates, 53 inmates, in the, in the detention center. We put them through the program, and it just impacted their lives. In fact, we actually put four, uh, 11 students from, uh, from Ozaki County, northern Ozaki and Port Washington, and I believe Cedar Grove, Belgium area. We put 11 of their high school kids through the program with tremendous result, at-risk kids. So I, I believed in the program because it was a program, I believe, anointed by God to bring changes to people's lives. But when I got laid off, I began to pray. I said, God, I, I, I really... God opened up the door. I went back into pastoral ministry. It's been over a year that I've been full-time pastoral ministry in Sheboygan Falls. And, I, and one, of the, one of the cries in my heart was, God, bring to me the, uh, another program like that that I can use as a tool for discipleship. So I'm totally convinced, friends, that a person's faith will not go deeper than the pain of their wounds. You know, we're saved, and sometimes we, we understand, why am I keep missing this? And you get so frustrated with your journey. And, God, why, why do I keep acting that way? Am I the only one that has experienced that? I love Jesus Christ. I'm born again, and I'm saved. I'm filled with the Spirit. I know I'm going to go to heaven. And, and, I, and, I, and I love Jesus with all my heart, but yet I still do dumb things. <laughs> and, you know, and my wife, if she'd be here, she'd be the one to say amen. She'd, be, she'd, be, she'd bring in her hanky, the old Pentecost. She'd be waving a hanky. Oh, yeah, preaching now. He's, the one, he's, he's got it. But I, but I kept doing these dumb things, and, and, and God just began to deal with me. And, and I would study the Word, and I'd get into the Greek and the Hebrew, the culture, the history, and I'd, 
I'd spend hours laboring the Word. I'd come to the pulpit, and I'm going to open my Bible, and I'd pray. And I'd just begin to preach, and all of a sudden, people's eyes would just glaze over. I go, God, how, can they, how come they're not as excited about the Word of God as I am? And God began to speak to me. He says, Andy, he says, because, he says when, he, when you have the flu, what do you feel like? I said, dying or getting better. There's no in-between with the flu. You know, and God said, people that you're ministering to have emotional flu is that they are hurting. Their pain is driving their behavior and they can't get beyond that. So you need a tool that's going to help them that to deal with the pain and the wounds in their lives. So they then can be begin to embrace the truth of God's word and, and, and grow and become the disciple that God wants them to be. And so God led me to this program called the Trek and the Trek what's really cool about it, the Trek is written and developed by life skills graduates. Okay? So there's people that really understand life skills, but, but the, what I really like about Trek, Trek takes the approach that Trek was written by ordinary people for ordinary people. Now, most of you that have been through life skills know that life skills started out as a domestic violence program. So it's very weighty and heavy upon abuse, violence, and anger, and things like this. Well, even though Trek deals with that, but Trek also deals with setting healthy boundaries. It also deals with the aspect of fear in my life. And because it's amazing how fear will impede us and prevent us from reaching our full potential. Why am I fearful? Why am I angry? How can I have healthy relationships? And what's great about the Trek program is that the guy that actually, one of the co-writers, wrote a part of the program when we, when we watch the Trek, we go through the Trek, we also have a component called the bridge. And so you hear the science part of it, but then the bridge, it's called the bridge because it bridges the faith component with the science. So we have all the biblical applications of everything we just learned and how that's going to impact us. And so now we, not, only, not only are we learning from something that's documented and proven by, by science, but also now we have the faith component that affirms what the, what the science has taught. Isn't it great how smart God is? <laughs> he already knows. It just takes us a while to figure it out and get on board, doesn't it? But so when, so when I got involved in the Trek program, uh, because the, one of the founders is a good friend of mine. In fact, he was the guy that trained me how to run my region and life skills. So that's the relationship I have with this gentleman. And he's an ordained minister up in Rhinelander. And, and so I got together with him. I said, you know, the thing about life skills was you were very restricted. I mean, it was restricted in the, in the fact that depending on how many facilitators I had to run a program and only X number of people could be in a program, and it would take seven months. So I could have a maximum of 12 people, minimum six, in a program. But in, so I, I said, well, so I, I said, well, if I do this, I said, can I try an experiment? Can I just try a pilot? And he says, he says, he says Andy, do whatever you want. He goes, I know it'll be good. So, so sometimes it's dangerous to say, give me free reign to do things because I think outside of the box sometimes, and, and I, I do crazy things. Now, I'm from West Virginia. You know, the famous last words of West Virginians is this, watch this. <laughs> Tennessee too, but um, but I just so he says, yeah, Andy, go ahead and take this program and do and do something with it. So what I did, I decided that I wanted to maximize as many people going through the program at one time, but yet have the same impact that I had in life skills. So, uh, but anyway, we we graduated 54 people last week, and that's amazing. I mean, it took me months to get that many people through that that amount. But what I did, I actually brought in the men and women together. We watched the videos together. I separated. I had the men on one side and the women on one side. It's kind of like the Hebrew mindset. I, I, but the real strategy was this. I didn't, want the, I didn't want the husbands giving the women the stink eye when they were starting to write papers, stuff on the paper. 
And uh, so I, I still kept peace in there. And then once we got through the material, I broke them into gender separate groups. And they began to dialogue and, and begin to share the things that God laid on our heart. So, so, that's, so saying all that, that kind of is what, light, what Trek does. It really helps us to understand how God put us together and where we got short-circuited. And we, and we journey with a group of people that become our best friends. I mean, the ones I went through with Pastor Mark and Pastor Paul went through life skills with me. And I consider those guys probably two of my closest friends. And, you know, and you're, you're known by the company you keep. <laughs> I keep good company. And I'm real blessed by those guys. But, but, I, but, I'm, but I feel comfortable and safe enough that I can share anything with them. And, and most of you ladies, some of the other guys who went through life skills, also have that same type of attitude. These people are my lifelong friends. But I'm going to open with a passage here, Psalms 147, verse 3. It says, God heals the brokenhearted, and God binds up the wounds. God heals the brokenhearted, and God binds up their wounds. I believe that God is providing a tool for us to bring healing to the wounds of our past so that we can be effectively discipled and reach our full potential in serving Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that Jesus had made this statement. He says, better that a millstone be placed around your neck than you cause one of these little ones to be offended. Why did he make that statement? Did you ever think about that? I believe that he made that statement because he knows that if a child is wounded, they are rested in their emotional development. They will spend a lifetime trying to figure out their madness. And if they're trying to figure out their madness, they'll not be able to, to reach their full potential in serving God. They will always fall short. Now, they may serve God, and they may do some great things, but I believe that God, wants, that God has made us to reflect his grace and his glory to a hurting generation. And I believe that God is equipping us but if, we can keep, but if we can stay wounded and, and suppressed that we don't reach our full potential, then, then you know, I, think, I think then Christ died in vain to that degree if we're not appropriating all that he died for us to be, right? And he says he's come to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up our wounds. So let me share with you some steps to healing the wounded heart. And I really believe this is what Trek is. It's a tool. Nothing replaces the word of God. What I'm talking about, this is a tool. It is a program that God has given us to fix those things in our lives so we can serve Christ with our full potential. Think about it. One of the reasons I believe that people don't want to serve in the church is because they're childish. Not because you're busy, you're childish. Think about it. Ask a little child to do something for you. I've got three granddaughters from five down to six weeks. And I'll ask the five-year-old, even the three-year-old, to do something for me. They might, they might not. It's not a sense of priority to them because it's all about them. If they would rather do something that they want to do, whatever Papa says doesn't matter. They'll just smile with the big blue eyes and, and I'll melt and probably yield to whatever their disobedience or whatever they do. <laughs> because that's, that's what grandpas do. We just, we just love them. But I believe that that one of the things we don't serve is because it's all about me. We focus just on me. And we're not concerned about anybody else because the world revolves around me. That's how a child behaves. That's how a child thinks. And I think that if we can get people healthy, they'll, not only will they want to serve, they'll be chomping at the bit to serve because they realize it's not about them. It's to reflect the grace and glory of Jesus Christ to a hurting generation. And if we can do that and begin to show people and demonstrate people in our own journey how healthy people function. You see, friends, 
I, I believe that, that the reason our churches are sick is because our leadership is sick. And I believe that God has, has brought healing in your leadership. They've taken their journey, and they're growing, and, and, they're, and they're wanting to replicate the, the fulfillment they have in their own life to you. Because that way, healthy people, healthy sheep reproduce. You'll want to go out, and you'll begin to tell people, and you become raving fans about what God is doing in your life. So the first step to healing the wounded heart is I must reveal my hurt. I must reveal my hurt. In Psalms 39, verses 2 through 3, it says, Psalms 39, 2 and 3 says, But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. And as I meditated, the fire burned. And then I spoke with my tongue. You see, friends, when we hold on to our hurts, it is like me carrying hot coals in my heart. I'm the only one getting burned, not anybody else. When I hold on to my own hurts. And so we've got to learn that we, that we can't just stuff these hurts and these pains. We have to deal with it. How do we do that? Well, we have to be honest with ourselves. We, a lot of times we live our lives because we think this is our normal. We think this is normal. Life sucks. And this is normal. No, friends, it doesn't. Jesus Christ has come to give us life and to give us life abundantly. But the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy the part of the things he's trying to destroy is God's credibility in your life. Has God said? Will God do it? And but So we have to be honest with ourselves and realize, God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. I need you. And then, the next, then we can be honest with God. Be honest with ourselves. Be honest with God. God already knows the struggles that you're having. God already knows the disappointments, the broken dreams, the shattered expectations. He already knows those things. But friends, do you know this? God sees the end from the beginning. He's already planned your comeback if you will trust him. Isn't that exciting? Man, I, I, I preach myself happy here. I'm just starting. <laughs> you know, and we've got to be honest. And we have to be honest. When I reveal my hurt, I have to be honest with a friend that I can trust. Sometimes a prayer line is the worst place to tell anybody anything. Because <laughs> then everybody else knows your business. But in the dynamics of a small group, you build a relationship with people that you can trust, that you know will have your back, and they will, they will pray for you. They'll hold up your arms, and they'll stand in the gap. They'll pray for you. They will encourage you. That's the great thing about the uh, group dynamic of Trek. In fact, the first thing in healing my wounded heart, I must be able to reveal my hurt. And in order for me to reveal my hurt, I have to feel safe. I have to feel that, there's, that what I share is going to be held in confidence. And that they're not going to use it as fodder for gossip, but they're going to use this to bring healing and help me and stand in the gap. This is someone that's going to have my back. The second thing to healing my wounded heart is I must release those who have hurt me. I must release those who have hurt me. See, harboring resentment will imprison you and it will keep you in bondage. And the way that we do that is that we've we, we got to realize that God doesn't want us to have this get even that getting even will take away the pain. We have this mindset, if I get even with this person, that will take away my pain. That way, you know, they'll suffer a little bit too. But I've learned this, friends, that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And a lot of times we're, we're simply reacting to a pain that we're experiencing in our lives, and we don't, we're, and we don't want to do that intentional. It's just a reaction. You hurt me, I hurt you. And a lot of times I have learned in my own journey that it wasn't necessarily bad parenting. My parents were simply modeling 
and replicating what they were familiar with, and they thought it was their normal, and how they disciplined, and, and, how, they, and how they lived life. But friends, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a way to live life. This is, this is God's guide for us to live life. Sometimes I've had to admit that my parents were, were wrong in some things. And that was very hard. Because I believe their intention was noble, but it didn't make it right. God's word is right. God's word is truth. And that's what sets us free. And one, so some of the things that I've had to learn how to do is, was release those who have hurt me. Romans chapter 12, 17 through 19 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, and as far as it depends on you, live with peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. See, the only way to deal with pain is through forgiveness. And none of us deserved forgiveness, but God forgave us. Have you ever encountered someone that, that you feel that, um, I just can't forgive them? I've done that for several years. That I just can't forgive this person. And I ask God to give me grace to enable me to forgive them because Jesus could. See, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. So I ask God, would you rise up and forgive this person for me and then give me the ability to release them and to let them go? Because you see, friends, if I don't release them, then to that degree they still control my life. Because... Every time I think about them, it causes an emotional response. So they don't, they don't have no control over me, then why are you getting so worked up? <laughs> think about it. Here's something, here's something encouraging. You know that God keeps records? God keeps records. In Psalms 56, verse 8, it says, You, God, have kept a record of all my tears. Have you ever cried and wailed to the point where you couldn't even utter words anymore, that you hurt so bad inside? Do you know that God saw your tears and he kept a record of those? That's why God brings a program like the Trek. It's to help us to make sense of our madness and to put us on a journey that we, can, that we can continue the journey and become the person that Jesus died for us to be. That we can experience his fullness of blessings, his fullness of life. Because you see, it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm simply a conduit, a vessel fearfully and wonderfully made for the master's use. And I want to be able to be a, 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 a scepter of, of just a breath of fresh air and a scepter of, of living waters to those who are thirsty. God will pour me out into the lives of other people, and God will do that for you as well. Do you know a bitter spirit can ruin your life and give you an excuse to do nothing? A bitter spirit bitter spirit will ruin your life and it will give you an excuse to do nothing. Remember, friends, again, if you still have feelings of resentment or bitterness towards someone, then they are still controlling your life. See, for me, harboring bitterness is like me drinking poison and hoping you will die. Think about that. It's like me drinking poison and hoping that you're going to die. I'm the only one suffering here. Hebrews 12:15 says, Looking diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The Greek word here means to, to, to be contaminated. Bitterness will contaminate your family, your children, and your co-workers. I find it very interesting in, in Exodus chapter 15. That's called the covenant of healing. Most of us here are familiar with that, Exodus chapter 15. 
and, and through Exodus chapter 15, it talks, it's a covenant where God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord your healer. But it's interesting, when you read the whole context, you go back to the very beginning of Exodus 15, what happened? They had just crossed the Red Sea. They just, think about this, they just crossed the Red Sea, and where is the first place that God takes them? To the pool of Marah. And Mara is a word that means bitterness. So God takes him to the pool of bitterness. And water is symbolic, a lot of times, of, of the disposition of your soul. Because in Proverbs it says, as face looks into water, so the word reveals the depths of your soul. And so, so God takes him to the pool of bitterness and shows them that they had bitterness in their lives. Remember, they've been in captivity for 400 plus years. I would assume there's a little bitterness there. They were slaves. But God, before he takes them on their journey and before he reveals himself as the God, their healer, he takes them to the pool of bitterness to show them the bitterness that is in their heart. And he said the way that you deal with that bitterness is, what did he say? See that tree over there? Take that tree down, cut it, and throw it into the pool, which was reflective and representative of the cross of Jesus Christ. So the way that we deal with bitterness in our lives is of taking our bitterness and applying the cross of Jesus Christ to it. And the bitter waters will then become sweet. And then God says in verse 25 through 26 in Exodus 15, I am the Lord, your healer. Think about that. We always speak of healing in the context of physical healing, whether healing of cancer, heart disease, broken leg, broken arm, sore back. And that's all, that's all a part of it. But you know that almost 90% of all sicknesses is a result of bitterness and resentment that you harbored in your life, and it will manifest itself in an organ and then eventually through your physical body. So God was going to the core right away. So we have to deal with bitterness. Number three, I must renew my mind with God's word. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, friends, our mind has recorded every hurt and every abuse we have ever experienced. The problem is our brain does not distinguish between what is true and what is false. As a child, you may be told you were stupid, that you're never going to mount anything. That becomes your self-image, and you begin to live your life accordingly. That becomes your, your core belief. See, what's good about Trek, Trek is a belief modification program, not a behavior modification program. It's a belief modification program because we have believed lies all of our lives and so we're going to we're going to uncover those lies that we have that we have lived our life accordingly and replace it with the truth of god's word that's how we will be set free that is the renewing of my mind it's taking those lies and casting them down saying that's not the truth that doesn't define me god defines me my circumstances don't define me my upbringing doesn't define me. Where I grew up doesn't define me. Jesus defines me. And that's part of our adjustment in our thinking that we have to appropriate. So we, we act on what we believe. We do. We act on what we believe. And so we've been operating, a lot of us, on false data. So we need to replace that with, word, with the Word of God. Number four, I must refocus on the future. I must refocus on the future. God has a plan for your life. Get your focus off your past and begin to move forward. In Job chapter 11, 13 through 16, he says this. I'm reading from a Good News translation. Put your heart right. 
reach out to God, then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade away from your memory, like floods that are past and remembered no more. He says three things here. First, put your heart right. In other words, release those who have hurt you. Put your heart right. Number two, reach out to God. That's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Reach out to God. And then number three, face the world again. Don't withdraw, resume living. I'm going to give you my paraphrase of uh, Proverbs 4.25. And basically it's saying that my past is not my future. Proverbs 4.25, this is Andy Shanholt's paraphrase. Look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame. Look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame. And the last thing we have to do to heal our wounded hearts is I must reach out to others. You see, this is proof of our healing. When I have the desire to help those that are hurting, when I can help those, that's why I'm so passionate about the Trek program. Because what Life Skills did for me, and now that it's not made available to me, that I have a tool that will continue to help me to accomplish what I'm passionate about. I am passionate about helping people to deal with the wounds of their past so they can reach their full potential in serving Jesus Christ. Friends, I'm angry at the devil. The devil has, has messed with my life almost all my life. He has brought me nothing but pain and hardship. He has broken up families. He's broken up my relationships with my, with my parents. He's killed my brothers. I have two brothers that are dead now because of the lies they believed. I have a sister that's on the verge of following their footsteps because she's believed a lie. And I've been passionate about helping them hear the truth so they can get healthy and reach their full potential. The enemy wants to destroy us. But Jesus has come to give us life. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 says, God comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort that God gave us. So we're going to take this when we are healthy, and we're going to replicate this. We're going to give this to our children. It's going to help us raise our grandchildren. It's going to help us to be an impact with our co-workers and our family members. You see, friends, we don't have to nag people to death. If they see a changed life, they're going to say, what happened to you? You know, people are sick of people telling them how to live life. They want to say, they want to say, show me. How do I do this? I've heard it all my life. Show me. And when, you can, when, you can, when you're not responding the way you used to respond to things, that sends a message. It sends a message that you are different. But Trek changes this from the inside out. But let me tell you a little bit about the orientation. We're having an orientation October 5th. The classes will run on Monday evenings from 6 until 9. What's great about Trek, Trek is, is very, very affordable. Trek is $300. I got permission. If you're married, $300 per couple for a, for a six-month journey. And, it, and it's, it's, it's just amazing to see, and life skills right now, life skills is, is, is going to be ending at the end of this year in the state of Wisconsin, but their minimum right now is $1,500 for a seven-month program. So I got permission to do this, but here's how it's going to work. When you, sign up, uh, when you sign up for the orientation, that does not commit you that you have to take the class. It's simply going to let me know how many handouts to make, okay? The orientation was simply I will tell a little bit more about the program. I will go through what each of the classes are going to cover, share a little bit of my story, how it's impacted my life, but then basically the first class uh, is actually my orientation. They, and what's really great is that everything on the Trek program is digitized. Everything is on the, is on the, on the Internet. So what happens is when, once you sign up for the actual class, we'll go through the orientation. I'll take you through a whole class. 
basically we're going to do the introduction. We're going to talk about what goals do you expect and some, some various things to kind of get you familiar with the types of worksheets that will be available to you. And then, uh, then each week when we meet, we'll have men on one side of the room, women on the other side of the room. We watch the videos together. But here's the great thing. Once you sign up for the class, you have access to all the videos and all the PDFs because you set up your own user password and access. What's the great thing is that you can go back. They will release one video per week, so you'll be a week behind when we start, so you have to come. <laughs> okay? So then, like on that Friday, you'll get to watch that video again. Here's the great thing. You have access to those videos for a whole year for $300. And you can go back and you can share them with, in fact, we've had homeschoolers that put their families through the program. So, I mean, it's, it's your program. You pay for it, but you have access to it. And what's great is you can go back and, and take the notes and so forth. But it, it's, uh, we have found, I have uh, three, no, four people that were facilitators for me from Freedom Life Skills that are working with me for Trek. I do not work for Trek. I, I am, I'm, a, I'm a paid pastor at, at Word of Grace Community Church in Sheboygan Falls. I'm passionate about it because I see it changing lives. I'm seeing people are being more effectively discipled that go through the program because they're unpackaging their baggage and, making, and, and replacing it with the truth of God's word. It's helping them to grow. So the orientation, October 5th, please sign up so I can make enough sheets, but it's not a commitment to take the class. After the orientation, if you choose, you will take the class. I will give you an access code that you will go on and register and, and pay for it right there. You don't pay me. You don't pay the church. You will pay Trek directly. Pastor Mark, I'm going to turn it back over to you.